Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 103. Today, we are back with a true crime case, and we are talking about the case of Jody LeCornu. And we actually have her sister here with us today in the studio. She yeah. will be joining us in a little bit. Jenny Carrieri, we are super happy to have her here to tell her sister's story. Definitely. Uh, it's just maddening, very frustrating. You guys are going to be blown away by what they have been through. Absolutely. Um, we also have some new stories. One that we talked about uh, a few weeks ago, actually, with Sarah Turney, the uh, Vallow case. Yes. Uh, JJ Vallow and Tylee Ryan. There's some updates to that, which we want to talk to you guys about, as well as a few other things. But before we get into that, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Purple, Third Love, and Clean Colt, for supporting the Mile Higher Podcast. We appreciate it. But without further ado, let's jump into the first story we've got here. So since we've talked about the Vallow case uh, a couple weeks ago, there's been some more progress, I guess, in it. Um, some updates have come out. So Lori was actually uh, the mother of J.J. Vallow and Tylee Ryan, who, of course, have been missing since September. And she was actually recently arrested in Hawaii. Which a lot of people are surprised it took so long to arrest her, considering the kids have been missing and it's basically neglect. Mm-hmm. You know, she just says she doesn't know where they are. Right. She, well, she won't even really talk about it yeah, at all. Yeah, she just won't. I guess she doesn't say she doesn't know where they are. She just won't speak about it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been extremely difficult, and I'm surprised it has taken so long. But you know, there's so many hoops they have to jump through and everything. Right. Well, they've got to get an arrest warrant put together. Mm-hmm. So that's what they've been doing in Idaho. They've been working on the case and bringing charges against Lori, and that's exactly what they did. So they put out an arrest warrant in this past Thursday, February 20th. She was arrested in Kauai, Hawaii, and held on a five million dollar bail, Damn. which is really serious like most of the times when you're held on that large of a bail it's it's because of you know it's a really serious crime which right as far as we know right now Mm -hmm. this is a very serious crime and so she actually was in court a few days later where she's being you know they're telling her that she's going to be extradited back to idaho Mm -hmm. because that's where the actual case is and when she was in court it was interesting to see her just look completely emotionless yeah and like she honestly doesn't give a shit at all about what's going on. She just was standing there looking annoyed. Chad's in the there too. It's, I think it's because they think the world is ending soon. These two believe they're doomsday theorists, mm-hmm. you know. They think that the world's gonna end in like June or May or something. Yeah. So they're July, not taking yeah. anything seriously. No. Well, it it's hard to really believe that they believe that though. That's the Why? hardest thing about that. Plenty of people believe that kind of stuff. Yeah, I know. But I, I'm just saying from like first glance at looking at them, you wouldn't suspect that these two they look like a very yeah. normal looking couple. They you look know? like that, but their actions show that they clearly believe right. that. Because Chad I mean, is this deep. doomsday author. Yeah. Which Chad again I wanted to reiterate because I think I wasn't very clear about this in the last episode when we talked about this. Chad is a he, you know, he says he's a part of the LDS church, but again, the LDS church has nothing to do with Chad or no. his beliefs or anything like that. Yeah. And so this is a, a very radical. radical point of view that he has that mm-hmm. the world's going to end in July. So, mm-hmm. you know, we talked, we bounced around theories and things like that as to maybe what could have happened to them. Maybe they're still being held somewhere, mm-hmm. which I'm holding out hope that they are alive. And yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like, you know, when, she went to court. It didn't seem like she was that worried about the charges that were bring brought against her. Cause yeah. she's fa- So basically she's facing felony child abandonment, 
which is a serious charge among others, uh, misdemeanors that she's being charged with. And she faces serious jail time if convicted. So it's interesting because clearly they have money, those two, Chad and, and Lori. So she's able to hire a good legal team and everything. But she just doesn't seem that concerned about what she's about to face. You know, it's almost like maybe she knows, maybe they are still out there, or maybe she's just cold hearted and, you know, just doesn't care. Or like I said, thinks the world is ending. Mm -hmm. So who cares about punishment? Who cares about jail? If you really believe that the world's months away from ending, maybe you'd act a little differently, a little more careless, you know? Right. Yeah, that's totally true. It's really hard to get a read on these people because they've been so private as mm-hmm. far as you know they've kept their mouth people. shut about what's mm-hmm. what's going on or their comments on things mm-hmm. but the police have been digging into this a little bit more since we last talked about it and apparently according to financial records it shows she hasn't paid any money in childcare since the children disappeared in september and obviously we talked about jj has autism and his medication has gone unfilled since then which is very concerning um which does kind of tell you a lot unless mm-hmm. they have some stash of it somewhere that he's not you know, in a good place. That's for sure. If he's or, not getting his medication. Yeah, I guess either way, but um, you could definitely see it as they just chose not to give it to him anymore right. because there's no point. Right. Mm-hmm. Or they're just anti everything. Right. True. You know, it yeah. could be anti prescription too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I don't know. It's weird. I guess it's kind of wishful thinking to hope they're off somewhere in a bunker, but I do think it's possible. I wouldn't give up on that theory. Um, yeah. I mean, with how heartless they seem, it definitely makes you wonder, and especially when you see all the other strange deaths. If you haven't listened to the episode, you should definitely go back and listen to it because it's bizarre. The whole family dynamic yeah, is weird. Really it goes complex. really far back. Yeah, spouses with mysterious deaths that the police are looking into mm-hmm. now. Um, it's yeah. It seems like this story goes a lot deeper than we even know right now, and mm-hmm. things are starting to slowly leak out. Like the police, they did a search of their residence in Hawaii, and they actually found Tylee's cell phone. Um, during the search and when they looked at the device it was it showed that it was used several times after Tylee first disappeared which is interesting and there was an October text reading quote-unquote hi miss you guys too love ya and this was sent to a concerned friend but this was Mm. after she went missing well I mean I mean it's possible someone's texting for her of course mm -hmm. but that's interesting Mm -hmm. maybe they really are holding them somewhere Mm mm-hmm and then the other thing that came out was uh, doorbell camera footage that was released showing JJ and another kid back on September 17th. It was like a ring doorbell video. It's like the last known video that we have of JJ before he went missing. Um, but that's really all that's come out since then. So this is still evolving as we speak. Clearly, the police are still investigating it. And uh, Lori's due back in court in March. Um, and yeah, it seems like this is going to continue forward. And I don't know. I just hope that the police can get to the bottom as of to what happened to them and where are they? Yeah. Let's hope this one doesn't remain unsolved. I, I have a feeling eventually we're going to find out what happened. Yeah, I really hope so. I really hope that we figure this out because this is, it's devastating. It's absolutely devastating. Uh, but the next story we wanted to mention this, and this just happened today, and that's Harvey Weinstein was found guilty. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think everybody knows who Harvey Weinstein is. Um, 
and a jury convicted him of felony sex crime and rape, but then acquitted him of the most serious charges against him, which is predatory sexual assault, which is interesting and not good. That Yeah, because he could get a much reduced time, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, he could, at a minimum, face five years in prison, I think, and it yeah. goes up to 25, 25 or so. Yeah, minimum five. That would be really hard to see only five years. I mean, let's hope he gets at least 20, 25. It should be longer than that. I mean, yeah, hopefully they give him the max for Mm -hmm. at least the charges he was convicted on. Because well, the judge knows there's a lot of pressure on him to do that too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that that just happened, and then hours ago. So we'll update you guys with more information Mm -hmm. once it comes out. Absolutely. But then the last little story that I have for you is just an interesting uh, thing that kind of gone viral. It's really cool. But apparently there is a pink manta ray that is living in the Great Barrier Reef area. And uh, recently a photographer, an underwater photographer, captured some rare images of it. And these images went really viral because it's really cool. It's a pink manta ray. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's like Pepto pink. Yep. And they've named uh, named her in, or named him or her Inspector Clouseau. Uh, Inspector Clouseau. From the Pink Panther films. Oh, cute. Mm-hmm. I like that. So, yeah, it's just a really cool picture. There's a couple pictures of it. It's beautiful to look at. It's always interesting when you see animals that are like random colors from what they're supposed to be. Like, have you ever seen blue lobsters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're really rare, but they can come in like this cobalt blue. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how that happens. And like scientists like don't even really. Mistake. Yeah. They don't understand how, how it happens. Is it like a skin infection or something? Or if it's just the like a unique expression of the skin's uh, melanin. So it's. It's just pretty cool. Special ray. It is a special ray. It's so cute. I love it so much. But yeah, let's go ahead and get into uh, the case. Uh, We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. So, okay, welcome back. So today we are going to be talking about a case, like I said, that's extremely frustrating. Uh, There is quite a bit of information here, but a lot of things that weren't followed up on. And it's definitely going to leave you guys feeling really confused and frustrated. Um, And today we have Jenny with us, who is Jody's twin sister. They're identical twins. And so this has just been devastating for her in her life. But she's made it her life mission to fight for Jody, to fight for answers, and to get justice in this entire situation. So thank you so much, Jenny, for joining us yes, today. Yes, thank you. Oh, thank you, guys. We're so it's lucky so to have you. Oh, my gosh. I'm just so happy to be here. All I the way really from Baltimore. Yes. I know. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't wait. And when you invited me, I was like, I will be there. Can I come now? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm so glad you came. I was like, I can't wait that long. That's a weird, I think the furthest that has traveled to come on the show yeah yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. so we really farther. appreciate it yeah oh my God. Really, really appreciate, appreciate it you know, and we know you you know traveling gives you anxiety and the, the flight was stressful to death i know yeah by yourself <laughs> i'm just really proud of you it's oh, good thank you yeah it's you always wonderful yeah we really appreciate it and just i want to say that i feel like it's always best to have the family of the victim or you know whoever it is that's closest to the victim on because we can only do so much. Obviously Mm -hmm. we try to raise awareness when we talk about cases on our Mm -hmm. own, but when we have somebody like you, that's out there, you know, day in, day out fighting for justice and, you know, doing as much as you are, it's just so valuable to everybody involved to have you here. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, just, 
I just want to say great job to everything oh, you've been doing. It's, you. it's really amazing. I think it really helps people to understand the story a bit more, hearing it directly from a family member. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, I'm just grateful when you reached out to me. I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she reached out to me. I was just so excited. So yeah, yeah of course. I'm just, yeah, I'm really happy to be here. So yeah. Awesome. Well, I guess I, I like to start with Jody and just, you know, mm-hmm. what was life like with her and growing up? Any great memories that you had with her? Mm-hmm. Just whatever you feel like you want to share and just mm-hmm. give our audience an idea of who she was mm-hmm. as a person. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I like to think my dad always referred to her as a sunbeam. I mean, she just, Aww. yeah. And she just was bright and outgoing and kind and just had a really good heart. Very just, you know, treated everybody the same. And um, yeah, it was just wonderful having your buddy, your companion, your best friend around yeah. all the time. I mean, from day one, my parents dressed us yeah. alike and Aww. we always had the same room and um, just same classes, same friends. I was telling Kendall earlier, mm-hmm. I felt as we were one, because people refer to us as the twins, sure. sometimes we weren't even, you know, Jody or Jenny, it was the twins are coming over. Yeah. and So you um, felt like a unit, yeah, a like complete that. Yeah. unit yeah. from day mm-hmm. one, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So you were like best friends with each other. Mm-hmm. You guys told each other everything. Yes. Did you spend like all of your time together? Yes. Yeah. I mean, 99.9. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, growing up, def- I mean, just, yeah, all the time. We and if you're together. listening, they look so much alike. Yeah. I mean, we were earlier trying to kind of play a game trying to, I was trying to guess which one was which, and I couldn't for all of them. I kept getting them oh, wrong. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, it's crazy. This is Jenny. This is Jody. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And some of the pictures when we're, when we're younger, I cannot tell us apart at all. Yeah. It's insane. It's really hard. look so us. similar. Yeah. yeah. Who's the older one? She was two minutes, two minutes older. Okay. Mm-hmm. The older, my, my big older sister. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So, and you guys had that, you know, twin connection where you, you know, mm-hmm. you've told me you felt like you finished each other's sentences mm-hmm. and knew what each other was thinking. You're just on the same wavelength with each other. Definitely. definitely. That's very interesting. And, you know, you hear that a lot, but I always wonder, I've never talked to really a, a twin and, and mm-hmm. how, how like deeply connected you feel with that. Like I have a brother and he's a couple of years younger than me. And I feel like oftentimes growing up that we, you know, people thought we were twins sometimes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I always wondered what it would be like if we were born, you know, within minutes of each other, if there would be just this deeper bond that's there, or you feel like, like you said, this we're together as one, you know, Mm -hmm. we're kind of Mm -hmm. one in the same being. Yes. Oh, definitely. And I feel, I think about it a lot now because I feel this, this sense of loneliness because I don't, I don't have her, you know, I don't have anybody close. I mean, she was, the closest to me ever. And, and I feel it, it's just n- not having that all these years is really hard when, when you've mm-hmm. grown up with, you know, we were always, like I said, with each other. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like no so, one can replace that yeah, bond. That's, it's yeah, not that's what I'm tra- something yeah. a friend can fill mm-hmm, or a husband. Mm-hmm. It's something, you know, only it's, a twin sister yeah. could fill. It's like, yeah. I can be just around people and still just feel alone and yeah but it, it's it's not having her there mm-hmm. you know totally so, so did you guys like you know growing up did you guys what do you, like participate in 
extracurricular activities together or you know what you guys like to do for fun like so we my well when we were young my parents started you know, had us in little gymnastics and i mean i remember like pictures of us dressed in our what a leotard same yeah. color yeah. leotard same color tights same cut you know Two everything dudes. yeah and and soccer and i mean everything was always you know we looked the exact same brownies you know all that stuff mm-hmm. little girls are in and then they had us on we were my dad we grew up in Annapolis, but he we got stationed at the Naval Academy when we were really little, and so they had us. They started us on the Navy swim team, and so we were we were swimmers for a okay. long time. But I grew to hate swimming. Yeah, you, <laughs> you kind of do. Yeah, we do. I was like, I hate pools now. I mean, I guess unless it's like 120 <laughs> degrees or something. But um, but it was <laughs> a hot all, tub. Yeah, a hot tub. If it was all it was all year round. Yeah, and, and we we grew to hate it, but we didn't want to tell our parents mm-hmm. and. Um, and they had us play piano and I were, we were, we were so embarrassed because we wanted to be cool and we thought playing the piano was not cool. So we would have to, when we were just started middle school, we'd have to walk after school to go play piano and we would like duck and hide going in because we knew everybody (laughs) knew this lady like taught piano and we thought that was so embarrassing. So, but I'm very grateful now because I, now I know like some of the notes, you know, I can play a little bit on the piano, kind of know it a little bit, but, um, so we started off with good intentions. We started off good, but then we got into not so good extracurricular activities. So yeah, unfortunately, yeah, we both kind of went down a path. Um, I was telling Kendall how we grew up, you know, starting with putting my father in a treatment program. My dad was an alcoholic. And so we started um, in sixth grade. We had a family intervention and put him in a rehab and and he was sober for a while and then went started drinking again and then Jody and I started drinking at a very early age okay. and went down his path so we kind of that was unfortunately our desire for life was partying I mean you know at that time yeah partying and drinking and well you're impressionable at that age too oh, and yes. watching a parent mm-hmm. go through that you know what go through that struggle mm-hmm. and if it's around, you know, you become familiar with it. And, yes. and I can only imagine how, you know, if you had access to it, mm-hmm. you know, oh, at yeah. that age, you know, you're, you're curious, you want to, you yeah. know, try yeah, things. Yeah. And well, it's like you saw your dad in pain and using mm-hmm. it as a, something to cope with his pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing with their relationship with their dad is, you know, they really love their dad, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. I totally understand what it's like to love someone who has an addiction or a problem. Mm-hmm. I've personally experienced that. And that can be really painful. Oh, yeah. I think that was really stressful yeah. on you guys to see him going through mm-hmm. that. I mean, he was such, I mean, he just the most amazing, kind person. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and just to see him, but he would come home every day from work and just go to his room and start drinking. I mean, mm. So he wasn't, sad. he wasn't mean or, you know, you hear about some people that are right. worse. And mm-hmm. I mean, he just closed himself off from, sure. from all of us, from my mother, from us. What's why do you think he he went that way? I don't know. Just I mean, it's, his it's job hard and life. I mean, he he was an only child, and his mother had a lot of pressure on him. His parents, okay. and I mean, in fact, after the Naval Academy, he did graduate school and then went to law school. Wow. So you can see how he wanted a lot of more out of Jody. And I. <laughs> yeah, and um, he, when he went to law school, his mother went to law school just to help him. Like, I mean, wow. I don't know how old she was at the time, but he was in his maybe, I don't know, upper 20s, or I don't know how old he was when he went. 
but she was just so, I mean, he ran away when he was in high school and and he was so smart. Like he got into, I can't, some of like some of those Ivy league schools, but he, he, and he went, he got into the Naval Academy and he, my mother says he rebelled. Like his parents did not want him to go into the military and, and he, or to the Naval Academy because they were worried about Mm -hmm. his being in the military. And, and he just, Rebel was constantly rebelling, like went to the academy just to kind of he just go against what, what they want. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But that's a good it, school, though. That's still a yeah, really good school. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. So there was there was a lot of pressure, and and my mom, you know, we talk about it. I mean, addiction is so confusing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's um, it's multi layered. I mean, like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a mixture of like genetics, but I don't think either one of his parents were. But um, I, I I do I think the fact that there was so much pressure on him. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because my mom's always talking about it. And then he, and then turned around. And so my two older, so I have two older sisters that are seven and nine years older. So he put a lot of pressure on my oldest sister. And she was the one, like I say, Jody and I were in rehab and she was doing her PhD in Oxford. Like truly, like wow. she was like the yeah. smart one, but he put a lot of pressure on her yeah, big time. And finally she like came to my mom and she's like, this is when she was younger and she's like, you need to tell him to back off of me. Like she couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, so then he just, at that point, he just kind of gave up. Like he just no more pressure. Like, I mean, he wanted us all to do well, but I think that, and then with him drinking and then he got into Valium, he took pills and so he, he was like escape a, from, Oh from yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he, but I think definitely with addiction, like with Jody and I, I, I was sharing with Kendall how we were sexually abused as children. And, and I think, you know, there, there's so many different, I think there's a, addiction in my family and there's that. And I mean, I just think that, like you said, that different layers kind of all got, yeah, that, pile together and, to. And that was, yeah, I mean, I never felt like other people growing up. I mean, just mm-hmm. felt different. Very chaotic like, childhood. Yeah. yeah. And, and I felt you know, constantly when, when are we going to drink? When are we going to do something? When are we going to yeah. party? Whenever, you know, that yeah. was sort of all. And I, I mean, I was saying earlier, not mm-hmm. that, not that Jody and I talk, we didn't talk about like that, but it, I'm sure she felt the same way. Cause we were yeah. you know, like, let's, you yeah. know, we're just constantly always doing something. And it just progressed so quickly with us just downhill. So the I first time drinks. you guys drank, you drank together. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. skipped school mm-hmm. and spent the day. School yeah. And drank my dad's vodka and smoked like 12 years old. Filters. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So yeah. then that obviously just, just like spiraled exciting. after yeah. the years. Yeah, definitely. And, and my, you know, my mom trying to, and my two older sisters were, I mean, I was my older, my middle older sister wasn't really fond of us cause she was the middle child. And, um, you know, my mother's trying to, take care of four children and not much help from my dad. But so she had these twins. So it was really hard. So I think my middle sister felt left out. So she always kind of felt resentful towards yeah, Jody yeah. and I. So there was always a weird, not good relationship with her and my mom. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. there's definitely so, some rifts oh, in the family still, between yeah, siblings and sister. Yeah, your and mom sad. and stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, cause my mom, now that I'm a mother, I see, you know, we do, we do the best, we can. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. feel I'm constantly feeling like a failure as a parent. You know, I say, I always say like the best thing I can do is is tell my children I love them. I mean, I love them more than anything, but I I, I don't know that I'm always doing right. everything right. You know, right. So, and I look at my mom and I think, you know, she did that. Her mom, 
she, her mom died when she was a little girl. She actually saw her mother die. They were in a car accident. Her dad was driving. So, you know, she, she, she didn't have a issues. mother. Yeah, she yeah. didn't have a mother. And, you know, trying to having an alcoholic husband and then trying to raise four children. Mm-hmm. I feel like she did pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I have nothing but, like, great things about my parents. But it was definitely, um, I think, just just a lot of dysfunction growing yeah, up with yeah. my father and then Jody and I. and Which is interesting and, how that kind of can determine your path to some mm-hmm. extent, you uh, know, and mm-hmm. kind of the direction you end up going. So I think, I mean, I think everybody can kind of relate to that. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have our struggles, especially in those teen years. Oh, and, yes. you know, that so much happens and so much changes and, you know, family members and, and turmoil with that can definitely lead you down different roads. Can you explain how you guys got into the straight program? So with our drinking and you know, we got into drugs and it just progressed and my parents were trying everything they could to try to save us and put, you know, my dad was a state's attorney he's prosecuting drug and violent crime. Mm-hmm. Wow. And yes. And after he got out of the Marines, <clears throat> so they would, they were taking us to psychiatrist that we started off with a psychiatrist and then they would put us in little programs through the state's attorney's office, you know, and, um, you know, we, we would meet more, we call them druggy friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'd, we'd, we'd meet the other delinquents and then we'd find more friends. So it wasn't yeah. very effective. Right. Yeah. Kind of like that, scary straight type yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah. That's and what it was called. It well, was then we got put program. in the pro. Yeah. Oh, so you we got just, put in. Oh. we got just as by the end of our high school, we just went, downhill quick and my parents ended up putting us in the the treatment program called straight it was a two-year program and they didn't tell us where they were taking us and yeah so it was a, it was three weeks before graduation of high school we got thrown in there okay. and that was the first time we were separated oh so ever, okay ever. Yeah. so that and was separated took us, completely like, took us, yeah yeah the, for uh, months yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Must and have we weren't devastating for you guys mm-hmm. We weren't allowed to talk to each other. I mean, I would get a glimpse. It was a very strict place. I would it's try terrible. to look at her. You're in this these groups all day. It was very, it was very. I really I, don't I get that. Ugh. I mean, why would you separate someone from their twin sister? Yeah. Like you need each other for support. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. whole process would have been so much easier if you guys had each other to support you through it. It was, yeah. It was it's like it seems like there awful. was some really backwards approach to oh, you know program. the anti-drug stuff around oh, this yeah. time. It was a def. It was definitely. I, I have. I mean, this was in nineteen ninety, so I haven't seen anything just like, like extreme. That. <laughs> yeah, very extreme. I mean, it yeah. really. I was terrified. I was in there for nine months. It's like and, a, boarding school type vibe oh, almost God. but worse I mean, oh, who, yeah. who ran this was this a, a religious organization Not or was a it a religious organization but huh. it, it it was called straight and I, I i i think there was other ones um in springfield virginia and eventually they all at least this one got shut down but it was it was really wow. bizarre i yeah. mean the, you, i felt brainwashed you know there they would say like you're gonna die if you leave here because it's a two-year program oh and gosh. they some people were there two years damn yeah a long time a long time so, so it's a scared straight approach yeah, like yeah, put the fear into you scare. yeah <laughs> yeah i mean definitely i mean you get a lot when you get put away like that there's a lot of time to think and oh yeah i can and, imagine that. oh yeah and you just feel this guilt for what you put your parents through mm-hmm. and my parents were had to come up because it was a fa- it was a family treatment program, so they'd have to come up on Friday nights and do their 
therapy and they hated it and oh my we both ran away at different times and got brought back or I got brought back but then we, when we were 18 Jody that's how she ended up in Baltimore is she ran away and and then she moved in with her boyfriend who she was with when she died his name's Steve right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay so were were you dating anybody at the time too or so when when my parents I say they kidnapped me out of there because there was like no way out like it was like this crazy like way they had to get me out of there. And so I was sharing earlier about how I was dating or I, I liked one of the staff members in the rehab. So we started dating after cause everything looks good in there. And um, <laughs> when you're looking at for, you yeah, know, <laughs> yeah. Four gray walls. And um, so, but my parents thought he was a drug dealer. So they, they kidnapped me from, Maryland. They thought he was a drug I dealer. Because he was a courier when uh, he got he yeah. And maybe he was. was I know, I know. He had been like I think he was a heroin addict or I don't know. Oh, and so they were horrified. And so but you know, I was so messed up, you know, but I never made good choices. I was always with these losers. And um so they literally my mom was going out to Wyoming where her family had retired and her brother was dying and, and so my dad and I were taking her to the airport and they had my bag packed and they're like, you're going, not her. So, well, actually I'm going with her. So we were talking about this the other night. Cause she's like, she's like, I didn't go. You went. I was like, no, I think we both went. So we were trying to remember, but they sent me, they put me on a dude ranch, which was the greatest yeah. thing in my life. Yeah. That's kind of healing. And yes. probably, especially after getting out of the amazing. rehab center. Yeah. The best, the best thing in my life. So she, wow. Jody was in Baltimore. She had started drinking again and then I had stayed sober. Gotcha. So wow. we were still took separated. Such different roads mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. Wow. What were you thinking so, about at this time about Jody and what direction she was I going? I was worried about her, and and I knew that if I came back, that I would drink, probably drink, and so drink mm-hmm. again. And I just, I, I felt, I didn't know, that I, I, I didn't know really anything other than at that time I didn't want to start drinking and using, but. I didn't think I was an alcoholic. I didn't think, you know what I mean? I was like, I'm young, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to just stay clean. And I was afraid if I came back that I wouldn't, mm-hmm. if I came back to live. So I, I wanted to give myself more time. Mm-hmm. So I talked to my parents and after that, for me going to California for a period, just to kind of keep trying to get it together. And, um, and then it just ended up being a hell for a bunch of years out there um, in my own personal time out there but i got engaged out there and that's what kept me out longer gotcha yeah so she ended up staying in baltimore and her boyfriend was a lot older 14 years older than her and they both had severe drinking issues and and that was her drug of choice and she struggled a lot with it still gotcha so they that was their their thing in common and they Mm -hmm. you know and she tried tried to clean you know she had been in like she had the desire to clean it and she just it was a struggle yeah so sad to see her just struggle so much i mean and she was so anxious i mean i remember i was well you know i would come home i was very irresponsible we would just rack up these you know the landline phone just because we were always talking and and i would just no problem like buying a plane ticket and flying home to come see her and um, I remember one time seeing little bottles in her purse of alcohol, mm. you know, like just, it was just, Shooters. she was just drinking all the time and she was just so anxious and it, it was this vicious cycle. You know, I think it was just this, cause 
the alcohol just makes you more anxious, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. And so it's like this, mm-hmm. she's drinking to calm her nerves and it's just like, nothing's getting better. And well, it becomes like so, all she knows too. Yes. Like that, that state of mm-hmm. consciousness becomes all she knows she in a comfort too. zone for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feel normal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just horrible. I mean, I tried, you know, but it, it's just to see somebody and I've seen many, you know, people that just struggle and, and you feel like you can't, there's you nothing can't you do can anything. do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's really hard. So around the time of, let's see, 1996, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. were still in California at the time. Mm-hmm. And what was your relationship what like with her then? Were you guys talking yes. pretty regularly? Oh, or? definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Would she like mm-hmm. fill you in like what's going on at work or like what's going on with her boyfriend or anything yeah, like that? Yeah. And um, I mean, she just, she was... At this point, she was working at a bank, and and she was about to finish up her classes at Towson. She, you know, and she and her boyfriend. I mean, they just, they kind of just existed. You know, they were just, um, drinking wow. daily. And I mean, like I said, she tried to. She had been in one or two detoxes. She tried to stop, and, um, you know, she. It was just this sad thing i mean i came home one of the times i came home and and we had gone out and her boyfriend had somehow she and i went to the bar i went to the bar with her and she was i wasn't drinking but um her boyfriend showed up and then we like walked back out to go to his car and he couldn't even find his car like he would because i mean it was oh yeah that's how, yeah it wow. was just yeah so it was it was really it so was it was really like constant then it was yeah, like all day yeah. all mm-hmm, night type of thing mm-hmm. go well, to bed to, drunk wake mm-hmm. up and get drunk. Just, yeah but it, well then when she was working at the bank right. i mean so she but she was waitressing for a long time so she yeah got away but not i think not at the bank right i don't think yeah, i don't, I don't com- think so different environment yeah, yeah. Did she have so, a, a fairly large friend group or did she keep it pretty she, close? She had, I mean, everybody loved her. I mean, she even older people, younger people. I mean, she worked at these little, the, several little local restaurants and the, all the older ladies and she had like regular customers. And I mean, but she had a good group of friends. I mean, some that I didn't know that well, you know, some that she would go out with at the bars, some that we remained in touch with since high school that kind of had lived in the area but um, but mainly it was the two of them, her and Steve. Okay. And he was a teacher. Um, and he was a teacher. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. like at, high school. High or? school. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. What 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 were your opinions on him? Like as a type of person that he was, was he like a a good person? He just had a problem, or was he? You've talked to him uh, recently, yes, right? Yes. Yes. I mean, always seemed like he took good care of her it it seemed sometimes maybe she didn't want to irritate him or you know what i mean like mm-hmm. sometimes she was just she was so much younger too maybe yeah. she didn't feel like in the just way kind of like yeah. putting up with him and yeah. well almost like she didn't want to set anything like set any like wa- any wa- yeah. make any waves or anything yeah. like that mm-hmm. just really he was good to her. He, it was interesting because he would, he'd buy her these really nice gifts. And I thought, gosh, for a teacher, where'd she get this money? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And um, so that was always something that I, hmm. his dad was a bookie. And so that I, I was like, well, maybe. He's involved with that. And, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. know. Hmm. But that was always something that I thought was 
was interesting. Um, so he yeah, wasn't like involved in any any other type of illegal activity or anything. No, I mean no, nothing that I knew of. I mean he definitely was. You know, they just had their own. They were they. It's almost they were this little married couple. They huh. just like sort of spent all this time together and mm-hmm. um, kind of enmeshed. Um, is that the right word? Enmeshed mm-hmm. together. Enmeshed. Yeah, and and I hadn't talked so when when she died he came and stayed at my parents' house for a couple of weeks and just was on this drinking thing. And I was there and, and he, he was very attached to me on, in a weird way, you know? And, and then we first, for some reason, we didn't talk to him for years and years and years. It just hmm. kind of like separated. Yeah. You can imagine and, it was probably really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And then he got married and had kids yeah. and yeah, it was just a weird thing. Totally. So let's go to, um, well, I think we should start with February 29th, 1996. Yeah. Was apparently there was a, they had some sort of fight, Steve and her, that created some turmoil mm-hmm. in the relationship. I don't know how much you know about what happened with that, but was there anything significant that you know of that was he a was, result of that? Yeah. So he was upset that she liked to go to this bar, the Mount Washington Tavern, and he had gone to a class or something that night. And she was at the bar and he called her from, she called him from the payphone, I guess, after he was home. And he was very upset that she was at the bar. Gotcha. I I, I don't know if there was some understanding she wasn't supposed to go, but he didn't like her hanging out there. And apparently she had, I think she had put together time not drinking. So I don't know if it was a combination, but I know the main thing was he didn't want her at this bar. Okay. And so that's what upset him. So that Friday morning. Gotcha. And I, then again, I don't know if I'm being told everything. This is just what I hear. What you yeah, know. yeah, exactly. So that Friday morning, March 1st, she, she, he was going to work and she was going, they were both going to work and he told her not to come home, that maybe she should go to her parents for the weekend. Okay. Which was about 45 minutes away. So he was, my parents he were. was upset, clearly. Mm-hmm. And... Do you think she would have been upset as a result of that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't talk to her. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't talk to her that day. Um, I mean, she went, she was at work Mm -hmm. and. How often were you guys talking at this time? I mean, we talked, I mean, almost daily. I mean, not, I mean, if there could have been, I'm sure there's days that we, but I mean, Mm -hmm. as, as, much, much as, as could. I could. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's unusual that but, you didn't talk that day. Yeah. Weird. And it's weird. Like I, I would look back over time. Like when did we, like what was our last conversation? You know, it's like yeah. you just go blank, mm-hmm. forgetting everything. Yeah. So well, it's like, you don't know you have to remember those things mm-hmm. or take that. It's so monumental, yes. those conversations mm-hmm. until they're gone. Yep. Yep. So yeah. So she, so she went to work and he went to work and, I was telling Kendall earlier that everything out of that night was out of character for her. I mean, she would have figured out a place to go. She would have, you know, with her friends. Right. She, cause she goes to the tavern, right? Yeah, and, and that's where she ended up going that night after work there until it closes, closes. around 2 AM mm-hmm. and she leaves from there. Mm-hmm. Now, a big thing to note here is the bar's manager. Mm-hmm. We think that Jody had a maybe crush a crush on, on her and you can confirm mm-hmm. this. Yes. You know, yes. she told yes. you. Um, so maybe that was the reason why Steve yeah. didn't want her to go. I know. I wonder about that. Kind of. Maybe seems he that knew way. about a little 
mm-hmm. fling or something mm-hmm. going on there maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that, that could wonder. definitely be something to be, could be upset about because that's what i'm trying to wrap my head around is why you know what was he really upset about yeah with yeah. her and yeah you know why why what would make her do these things um that follow that was so out of character for mm-hmm. her too and so clearly some it must have been you know upsetting enough that she kind of just was like i'm just gonna go to the tavern and mm-hmm. and you know drink or whatever and that try to forget about for mm-hmm, her yeah and kind of forget about everything or escape this situation mm-hmm. but it didn't seem like she really had any plans for what where she was going to go yeah, after what was she was going to do odd. I it mean, does seem odd because she'd have places to go right oh yeah and she was very I, she's kind a of planner it to an old lady i mean she just would have her she's got anxiety she, yeah she very bad anxiety i mean through. terrified i mean she yeah. would have steve come walk her into the house if it was dark or um, just, I mean, she was afraid she was going to get shot in Baltimore. I mean, that's what she would tell us. She was scared. I mean, she was always afraid. She was afraid of her closet. Just wow. had these crazy fears. And she, so when the bar closed, she was asked to bring the janitor home. Okay. Who was mentally challenged in some way. He mm-hmm. didn't speak very well. Mm-hmm. And not that she wouldn't have done that, but it was just odd that late at night for her yeah. to drive something. She would have been scared to do that. I right. mean, sure to do that and then and so to she, not even but, know what she's gonna be doing after yeah, it seems like she should be spending time at that point figuring out her own plans versus go. taking someone else mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. very weird oh yeah and then to go get the six pack of beer which makes yes. you wonder was yes. she going to meet somebody so and then there's the atm thing which yeah, you tell me we're not I'm for sure, sure we can verify yeah. that they think I, is that what police say though that she went to the ATM to get cash or I don't know where that came from. Okay. Honestly, I I don't feel like she did. I don't feel like she did go to the ATM. Okay, is that just because, is, it, is it a rumor? Is it, or is she it was in the well, you don't there, have the police was, report, huh? They no, they won't give her the yeah, case file, right? So that she's in that. I wonder lot what that's from because if she did go to the ATM, then there would be record of that. There'd be a transaction right. on her be, account yeah. for draw, withdrawing money at that with timestamp. Uh-huh. And they've never presented uh-huh. you with anything like that. Mm-mm. Of course, no, not. no, 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 no. So maybe she went to the ATM. Maybe she didn't. We don't know that part, but we do know she went and got a six pack of beer from that liquor store, yes. and then yes. parked at the Drum Castle Government Center. And she was making phone calls. Mm-hmm. And you said some of the phone calls were to the bar. Back to the bar. Yes. Yeah. Do you think Back she was the calling bar. the owner? That's what I mean. That's what I've. Yeah, I mean, I've heard I've heard different things from the police. She was calling the owner. She mm-hmm. was looking for drugs. She was. I feel like they were oh, looking for a party. There was a couple. I feel like hmm. she talked to, I feel like she called there twice or talked to two different people there. I wonder, I'm really curious about this owner mm-hmm. um, because just this is complete speculation, but I wonder if there was any point where she thought maybe she would like, he offered to let her crash at his mm-hmm. place. Like he heard what she was going through and maybe that's why she didn't, she wasn't worried uh-huh. about where she was going to go at the end of the night. Cause she was going to like, she go stay at his place and she him. just got to wait till he's closed down and everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, go take the janitor dude home and then wait. like, we'll meet up, grab mm-hmm. some beer. And, and then she was calling him. That, that possible. Makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Definitely. Cause then she would have been, so she went to this government center to use the pay phone there. Was that why? She, no, she, she had, so she had this bag phone that my parents had got oh, her wow. back in the nineties. Yeah. That's crazy. It's, a bag <laughs> phone. I've never heard of like, that. Like it's just a big, a big set. Yeah. Yeah. That she had in her car that my parents were worried about her being out yeah. and they wanted her to have that. So that's what she made the calls to. I wonder wow. if there was like records from that phone or not. Well, like, I mean, that's, it, it, 
But the police, what they've done, I mean, who know? I mean, probably not. She has no idea what they have or don't. Well, I know they haven't done a lot. So, I mean, because it'd be interesting to look at the records and see, find out who she called exactly. Because that could be huge clue to, you know, what happened next. Yeah. You'd think that'd just be a given. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So while she's sitting in this parking lot, which is so out of character, it's late at night, she's by herself. Um, A man approaches the car, Mm -hmm. the driver's side window. And the thing is, is that Jody rolls down the window, which is crucial information because mm-hmm. that tells us that she probably knew who he was. Mm-hmm. Or was expecting mm-hmm. somebody to come right. yes. right. meet with her. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, anybody that goes to a parking lot somewhere by themselves at 3 a.m., doesn't matter if it's a guy, girl, I feel like would second guess just like rolling their window, oh, window down for definitely. some stranger. Oh, there's no way I would. From a you know, car that just pulls up, I'd be very concerned if... If Definitely. it wasn't somebody I knew. Oh, no, this was around 3 a.m. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah this was really yeah. late by this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no way she would have rolled that and down unless she knew who he was. being so afraid. Yeah. Never. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. And, yeah. And let's just be real. Who's rolling around at 3 a.m. Right. in the dark? Probably just driving around. Just driving right. around, yeah. you know, looking for someone to help them with something. I mean, typically it's, you know, the seedier people that come out that late oh, at night. Definitely. And, you know, that criminal activity and it was is snowing that night so people aren't just out right driving just around. cruising yeah. around oh mm-hmm. i need to, right. i can't find the gas station right. you know, can you help me yeah and if it's like yeah. some creepy guy that's coming up to you at night night most women aren't gonna you know roll the window oh, down they're gosh, just gonna drive no. off yeah yeah so i mean it maybe, makes you think maybe she knew him yeah and if people are driving around maybe they're leaving work or, or they work mm-hmm. somewhere late at night or something but not just like you said some random person. yeah Right. What's yeah. the chances? And she was afraid of the snow, driving in the snow. So okay. for her to be out yeah, driving just, then too, I mean, it's just another thing that so didn't make sense. So then the question is, why is she there? Then who is this man that mm-hmm. is coming up to her car? They, I guess they speak for a few minutes and then he returns to the car. His car. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he pulled, yeah, he pulls up in it. his own car. Yes. Yes. And, and the, the shot, they said there was some sort of conversation. So there's a gas station that's parallel to where they are. In this this drum castle, which was called the Caldor, there was a big department store there. Now it's huh. called the Drum Castle Center. So there's people. This is what's so odd is there's the gas station there that's open, and then directly across across York Road is the Boston Market where the workers were, and then the giant grocery store which was open. So it's even though it was late at night, there was still people 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 around, mm-hmm. and so witnesses saw quite a few witnesses yeah six they said a total of six witnesses that he shot her from behind and the bullet went in the back of the car yeah when you look at the picture of it the so the bullet hole is actually in the the back of the seat towards the top of it in Mm -hmm. between the headrest and the actual uh body of the seat itself which i Mm -hmm. thought was very Very weird weird. it's very bizarre Mm -hmm. uh place to i mean shoot anybody especially if you're you're planning to do this in the first place and Mm -hmm why why would you do it like that it's just it, yeah. it's really bizarre and mm-hmm. you know we don't i guess we don't know exactly at what point it happened exactly um that the actual shot was fired mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah to kind of paint a picture for you guys the back window was you know shot out so someone thought shot through that window and then the bullet went through the seat and severed her spine mm-hmm. So that shot doesn't seem like something that someone, you know, it doesn't seem like, I guess, a kill shot, you could say. To me, it seems like someone was trying to scare her or was angry with her or um, maybe wanted to injure her Mm -hmm. and shot at that back window. And then it just happened to 
be an extremely fatal shot. Mm -hmm. But it seems like if you wanted to shoot her, you would just go up to the window. Right. Right. You know, there'd be the window was open too, right? right? It rolls down. Rob her, do something. Right. Rob her. I mean, none of that makes sense. And then, so he shot her. Like if he was going to rob her, why didn't he do it right away? Why he was talking to her, put the gun up to her. Why did he go and then shoot her? It just, none of it makes sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Like why would he go back to his, like it seems like he went back to his car to get his gun maybe, or I I don't know. It's, it's very weird. Or if he had it on him, he was walking back to his car and then he turned around and shot. Mm -hmm. It's very weird. And I don't, I don't know. It, Maybe she said something that he didn't like or he got upset. I don't, I don't know. What's your thoughts around what transpired there? Like, I've gone through it a million I'm times sure. in my head. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I, 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 it makes sense. Yeah, because I think, well, we're talking about theories earlier. I think, well, was it a, if it's a robbery, but then that doesn't make sense. You mm-hmm. know, it is, you know, a lot of people said, was it a hit? Mm-hmm. Was it, you know, some random thing was somebody trying to come up and rape her was somebody trying i mean it, but then what is this person doing but then her windows down yeah. so she had to have known him it just it just doesn't it make makes, sense yeah. the motive it's, it's, isn't yes, really clear yes i mean yeah i mean for just to be a then like a random thing that doesn't make sense either i mean i know it's baltimore and random things happen like that but it's just i think the different things, like I said, with the window being down and, yeah. and that it that wouldn't be random. Yeah, it almost yeah. seems like she was there waiting for someone. Like, mm-hmm. why was she in this specific spot and like mm-hmm. making calls? And and then what's interesting is after she was shot, which is really confusing because it said you know they say her spinal By, cord was but she was severed. Able to drive yeah, across, she was able to drive across yeah. the street to another parking lot. Yeah. before and, she eventually and it passed. Wasn't a straight shot out of the lot. I mean, she had to finagle she had to out think of there. And, yeah, and then there's five lanes, I think York road into the oh next shop gosh. or five lanes into the next shopping center. And he follows her into the parking lot mm-hmm. and what stops at the entrance of the parking lot while she circles the lot and then hits the curb. Trying to get away from him clearly. Yeah. And hits the curb. But I think that's probably when she died. So with the people at the Boston market and the 24 hour giant, he approaches her vehicle and they say they saw him reach in and turn her headlights off and put her car in park. So he reaches in and over her body and then takes items out of her car. The police would say he took items, but we don't know. We don't know what he took. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But her wow. purse was gone and the phone was gone. Okay. But why wouldn't he have taken that if he wanted that earlier? Right? I mean, it's, it seems like a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, do you think maybe he was thinking, well, so the scenario that I keep running through my head is that this was, potentially a robbery gone wrong potentially Mm -hmm. where you know he went up and maybe was like give me your stuff and she said no and then he went back or he just thought he was going to scare her or something but and then he shoots into the car which i mean to me anytime you're aiming a weapon at somebody you're intending to shoot them Mm -hmm. so to me there's intention to shoot her because he's aiming it towards her you know Mm -hmm. you could just fire around in the air to scare somebody that you have a weapon, but instead he, you know, fires at her. And then she, I think maybe she takes off because she's like, Oh my God, you know, fight or flight kicks in and she mm-hmm. drives off Gotta and which is insane. Cause you would think that it would paralyze that shot mm-hmm. would paralyze her almost immediately. Mm-hmm. So she takes off. And then the reason he falls is because he's worried that 
I mean, it, he may or may not have had a mask. I mean, we don't know what he we right. We don't know what he looked like other than he was a African American. Yeah, he definitely didn't have a mask. They said, he, yeah, he yeah. So she potentially, if she survived that, could have identified who it was. Right. Oh. That's true. And that he wanted to make sure that he wasn't going to be identified. So that's oh. why he followed her to the parking lot to ensure that. I that see. wouldn't happen. But she was, mm-hmm. That's a really good mm-hmm. point. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. just what comes to my mind. But so no, the suspect sense. was described from the witnesses as an African American man who is five foot ten inches to six foot one, um, weighing two hundred to two hundred twenty pounds. Described as wearing a green fatigue style coat. Mm-hmm. He would now be in his fifties. The crazy thing about this, though, is they never made a composite sketch when they have quite a bit of information and multiple witnesses. I mean, they could have pulled more information, too. Like, well, did he have a beard? Did he have this? What did you notice about what was he wearing? What was his hat like? Like, you know, it didn't seem like they asked the the witnesses anything. And the picture of the vehicle. Right. Which they they didn't do until 20 years later. It's such a slap in the face to you, really. I can't imagine how angry you feel about that. I would just be so furious. Daily. <laughs> yeah. It's such a basic, There's, basic step that was missed. Yeah, and like, yeah. damn, That's, where did this agency so you know, get their training? Yeah. And then they, they, they gave, which, I mean, I didn't know any of this stuff for years, but they gave, I mean, that, that stuff that should have been done. Like they gave the car back to my parents early on, but my parents didn't right. want the car because yeah. it was just too upsetting. So they just gave it back to the dealership. But they gave it back to my parents really early on with the fingerprinting kit in the car. So they, I mean, they were just sloppy they from the beginning. Always kept that as evidence because you know now DNA is completely different than it I was know. back then. How it's ridiculous! Incredible. I mean, so many things that they. Because if he so actually went into her car, there's probably most likely some trace of DNA oh, in there yeah, that they definitely could, they can pull off. Oh, which yeah. they it, do say but, they have but, two fingerprints, right? right two sets yeah. of fingerprints mm-hmm. from the car hood or mm-hmm. the car. But, Body. Yeah. Uh, but it hasn't been matched to anybody. And this I don't really, know how often. Oh, oh sorry. sorry I was ahead. just going to say, this really reminds me of the um, Jody Hughes and True case. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Same type of thing. She was very similar in her car. And then the you know, police only kept her car for like maybe a month. Yeah. And they got rid of the car. And then they got rid of the car and they found, you know, a, like a think of handprint, but never really did anything with it. Never tried to get more information. Just kind of gave the car back to the family. I think that is so bizarre when the car is basically the crime scene, right? Yeah. Right. Giving the crime scene away. I mean, if someone is killed in a car, that car should always remain with the police until it's solved. Period. And it's not like Baltimore County. I mean, Baltimore city is, has so many more murders. It's not like Baltimore County couldn't have handled that. I mean, they, this was very, this probably Back happens then. all the time. Well, not in yeah. Baltimore County. Like, it's yeah. not like they couldn't have handled keeping right. the car. You know right. what I mean? Because oh, yeah. like, in the city, it's there's so many more murders. But in the county, mm-hmm. I mean, this was just shocking where it happened. Yeah. So going back to um, that night, I just had some other thoughts around that. So it's it looks like it was 3.41 a.m. when the employees at this 24-hour grocery store actually call 911 because they report hearing the shots that were fired. Mm-hmm. So then, I think it was somebody from the gas station. I okay. think it was one of the witnesses that, I mean, I don't know if that makes a difference, but somebody I believe called 911 from the gas station. Okay. Yes. So th- she, she drives into what I imagine being probably a well, somewhat lit, lit mm-hmm. parking lot. Mm-hmm. Cause this is a 24 hour store and just gas stations in general, they mm-hmm. have pretty good lighting. So the fact that no composite was created is just absolutely insane to mm-hmm. me because mm-hmm. you can, you would think that, 
the police, I mean, what do we know about the police when they got there, got to the scene? So right. police arrive, what do they do? Mm-hmm. You know, And especially they, if they had the composite with the description of the vehicle and the picture of the vehicle. I mean, that seems like that would have helped early on. Yeah. I mean, it just... I mean, they it's, do that kind of thing for Amber Alerts yeah, and everything else. Right, it's like, definitely. you know, and that works so well because people are immediately alerted and they start looking oh, yeah. just the white BMW. I mean, mm-hmm. if you start alerting people, there's or other officers even because, I mean, that's the main thing is like you get, you know, you get the information from the witnesses that there was a man, an African-American man in this description. He was in this white BMW. He fled the scene. You know, that information should have got blasted out to every op- officer oh, in Baltimore County oh, immediately. I know. I know. And chances it, are you might have been able to, someone see, might have grabbed that guy. Oh, absolutely. Definitely could have been and, if it was handled better. So clearly there was a breakdown at the oh. scene about, you know, I don't, I, I think sometimes what happens is what, what I've also learned from, from my experience is that a lot of times the officers that are working those graveyard shifts are the younger officers. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times right, they put they the younger way up. They put the young guys out on graveyard, but the problem with that is, is that you may get a really, really green police officer showing up to a scene like that, and they may not know mm-hmm. how to really process that scene. They might be might be the first murder that they've ever been to, and that could cause them to just mistake. Yeah, they might know what's going on. They might not mm-hmm. ask the right questions. So there's a lot of things that can go wrong there to kind of lead to nothing really happening, and and that's no excuse whatsoever. Obviously, there should be somebody there that responds to that right. i'm sure oh, multiple yeah. officers show up to this call probably the supervisor mm-hmm. shows up so the fact that they didn't think to immediately start a search for this individual with the white bmw is just absolutely absurd oh yeah i mean definitely and then um i had another thought but i just lost it <laughs> i can't remember oh they said the cameras were down in the parking right lot yeah that, that was and the, the giant thing. where she where she ended up like how this giant grocery store yeah, doesn't bizarre. Have. I mean, they have video from the, they said that they have video from the York road and, and mm. one from the Caldor lot, which is real blurry and grainy. I just but don't believe they, it. Yeah. It's crazy. It just I don't happened it. to be down that night. And it's almost every lot. case I is work it, on. There's the a camera is, is broken somewhere. Crazy? It's insane. Like, I don't believe it. Like for a literally second. more times than not. This yeah. happens all the time. All the cases. time. It's bizarre. Yeah. How convenient. Right, right, and yeah, sometimes yeah. it's multiple. It's like none of them were working. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. or it'll work? be like, oh yeah, all of them were working except for the one that had yeah. the actual person. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so stupid. It's, yeah, should be a requirement. It's so frustrating. Should, it's a basic. It's not expensive. Cameras aren't expensive <laughs> no. anymore. Like, especially nowadays, businesses should be required to have a decent camera system running mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. you know. Especially in areas of high crime, like it seems like they normally do until the police need it, and then it's like gone yeah. or messed up. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, yeah, it's just it's so, so odd. So many things that have just been unbelievably so, frustrating. Yeah, yeah. So basically, at, so after she's pronounced uh, deceased at the scene, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. And he was in no hurry getting out of there either. From what I'm told, is that he just. Hopped back in his car just and just slow, drove. Not yeah. even hopped. It was just slowly just. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. And Interesting. Weird, yeah. Yeah. So that's so, very. Yeah. Hmm. So as we know of, as far as we know, no one had any plans to meet with Jody that night. Mm-mm. I mean, nothing. But it's possible. Nothing that I mean, she. Right. That she did. But she just 
you know, no one wants, someone doesn't want to say what it was because you could tie them to it. Yes. Or explain it. Definitely. I think there's, I believe that there are some answers at that Mount Washington Tavern. People know more than what I have a feeling about that too. Mm -hmm. But people don't want to say anything. Mm -hmm. Which is a real shame because it's, it's been so long now, especially that it's not like, you know, you're going to be charge i mean if you're involved know something you know like coming forward now is just going to help the situation it's not gonna you know make it worse necessarily but there's yeah yeah, no i'm sorry i was like and the other thing is 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 they didn't even they didn't interview every i mean i've I've run into people that they didn't even interview that they should have i mean it's, it's just maddening i mean it just goes on and on about their and have you you haven't of, seen the police report they took no. for that night? That's insane. That's they won't crazy. Show it to us. And yeah. they dismissed it pretty much right away as something random, right? Yeah, just something yeah. Random. random occurrence, mm-hmm. not someone personal she knew, mm-hmm. which is super weird. Yeah. Why? I think yeah. it's more likely she knew that person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Is Definitely. it possible that she was buying drugs for somebody? It seems. Like the profile kind of fits maybe like a drug yeah. dealer. Or yeah, definitely like is making me think that, especially the fact that he got something out of the car mm-hmm. or like, you know, I mean, you hear about drug dealers shooting people that don't have money for them right. or don't have drugs for them, right. whatever it is. I mean, that kind of stuff happens all the time. Right. Was it possible? I, I, I definitely don't rule anything out. But Right. Maybe I, not even for her, but right, just for, for somebody, somebody else. else. She could be yeah. picking it up for yeah. someone else. Absolutely. Yeah. But she definitely... If she was buying it, she was so afraid she wouldn't have tried to take something and run. Yeah, or, <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? she anger would, the she person. Would have been scared. Yeah, right, she would have been definitely. safe about it. Yeah. you know, as weird as that is to say, like, yeah, I know she, what you mean. She, she wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah. So, so Jody did not have any narcotics in her system mm-hmm. at the time, which is important. Alcohol obviously was in her system. She was at the bar all night. So they did um, an autopsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So no cocaine or anything, mm-hmm. even though that's what she was struggling with. So that's good to know yes. that she wasn't using yes. that night. It definitely gives you a little, a little more clarity into yes. her state of mind. Yeah. Obviously alcohol is going to alter it, but cocaine even more so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't believe honestly that she had done that since high school. I mean, I, from mm-hmm. what I had seen and saw, I mean, definitely she was more into the drinking. Okay. Is it possible that that just, that particular night she happened to kind of be going off the deep end and maybe could have yeah have i mean gone you know a lot farther than she's been in a long time or something because she's so upset or just in a really fragile state of mind definitely. where she's just like i just want to escape this this day completely for, yes. for whatever reason I yes because my boyfriend and i got to a fight i'm just mm-hmm. i can't take anymore i i definitely can could see something like that happening but the other thing is the bar that she was at was known for drugs. So I'm thinking really, Oh yeah. Like okay. she, I've heard she could get it behind the bar, you know? So yeah. why would she why go, to a go to a random yeah. parking lot? So there's just so many things like that, that you're like, well, she would not go drive in the dark, like searching. Yeah. And as far as you know, she didn't know anyone that could have fit this man's profile at all. Like, did she know anybody that a friend that no, could be it? There's not just nothing. I, as far as I know. I mean, and I'm thinking about how, I mean, in my town, there's, there's, I think one street that's like the drug street. Like my kids are like, don't drive down that street. Like street, yeah. it's like shady or whatever. But like, even I, I, I think that I'm not like afraid, but even when I'm driving down, I'm like looking around, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it, it just makes me think about her going to, like sit in, I mean, even just driving, you're like, eh, but yeah. just to go sit in a parking lot, yeah. I mean, 
I feel like my head would be if I could turn 360. I mean, you know what I mean? Just to be mm-hmm. making sure. So I don't know. It's just the more that I think about her sitting there just doesn't, doesn't add up. doesn't make any sense. No, it really doesn't. And I mean, there's, again, there's so many scenarios that could have happened. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, it could have been a failed sexual assault or something. Mm-hmm. And maybe he was mm-hmm. angry or, I mean, we don't know who this individual was or, you know, who he is or what he's capable of. There's really infinite number of, of things that could have happened that led to him shooting her. But I really am thinking the, you know, potential drug deal gone bad. And, you know, he was trying to, I don't know. I don't know. It's really weird though. Like I wonder we don't have her wallet. We have no idea of how much money she had yeah. or, you know, the ATM thing though, I, I keep coming back to that. that. Cause I we, that could really s- tell us a lot. Yeah. You know, it seems if insignificant. Saw her go to the ATM, but why not then put the gun up to her window and be like, give me your cash. Like if he had just seen her go to the ATM. Yeah. Mm. Well, cause know. maybe cause there's more cameras around ATMs. But like she hadn't moved, she was just sitting where she was. Right. The but, AT- oh, yeah. Like when she left from it. Uh oh. But even know. up to when she was sitting in the car. Like if he was, if he was coming up there to just rob her and yeah. take the money, you know, mm-hmm. why wouldn't have that just happened? And then he went on his way, you know, kind of thing. Right. If that's what he was there doing, or even just put the gun up to her head and right. give me the money, not cause a scene and shoot. Yeah, like, exactly. What's the why? Shoot? Why like, shoot? Especially with witnesses around, you don't want to. That, that's the big question is why why was she shot in the first yeah. place why yeah. did that happen at mm-hmm. all if, if yeah. it was just a robbery or something it does mm-hmm. seem like a really weird shot yeah to, yeah yeah I but then again if you why, were i mean what are the to, chances that it would go through the seat through the window yeah oh yeah i mean it's the angle of it's bizarre it's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just a weird it's a shot. very weird way to if you're going to murder somebody you know why from an angle like that why you know if you're going to want to ensure that you're going to get it done, like mm-hmm. why would you do that? So it's, I don't know. Somebody's, I've heard people say they, some people don't want to shoot somebody from the front. Like they don't want to see it or something. Yeah. Have you heard that? Oh, yeah. That's they want to do it. If it was some sort of, cause a lot of people have said, I wonder if it was a hit. Sounds like, a I hit. just wonder like if but he was like, really trying to injure her or kill her, why wouldn't he shoot like multiple times mm-hmm. unless she mm-hmm. left like that fast? I don't know. It's just such a weird shot such a weird scene yeah yeah um but police have said that they have two suspects that they're looking into and mm-hmm. they have been given polygraph tests have they told you who these people are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so obviously you can't talk about right yeah, right we, you know. but i kind of just don't believe anything they say so okay. I, I mean i i i've reached out to the i've reached out i've contacted i mean you've talked to them in, yourself in prison and out of prison i mean so i've i've reached out to every person they've said brought up and so how does that go when you contact them and be like hi uh, I, I mean how do you even introduce, <laughs> yeah, introduce a, yourself I know, I know. well um the one person in prison i i said to the detective because i i didn't believe like i felt like years ago they're like yeah we we think it's him but we're not gonna um th- but you know th- th- i guess they don't have enough or whatever and mm-hmm. so i'd say well let me go in there i'm trying to not say as much as yeah, like, I don't know, I know what I'm allowed to say. Right. I'd be like, well, he's in prison. I, I'd i say, let me go, bring me in there to talk to him. Sure. Like, not that I, I mean, I'm just like crazy person. Like, let's try something different. Whatever you're doing is not working. If you think it's him, 
I don't know, maybe me going in there and he yeah. sees me, it might freak him out. And mm-hmm. maybe he'll go back and say something to like a jail. No, I'm, I don't think he's going to yeah. confess to me, but maybe he'll say something to somebody in there. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. It's worth a shot. I mean, what else do I have? I mean, my right. brain is always like trying to come up with something and he just looks at me like, why would he want to talk to you? So I'm like, well, fuck you. Like, yeah. I mean, she's just yeah. so cocky anyway. So yeah. that, so then I just, I wrote him a letter, the guy in prison. And I said, I told him who I was and I sent him a picture of me and I said, can you put me on your visitors list? So he just started writing me letters and he um, just like rambled about everything you could imagine. I mean, religion and what it's the like in there. And all. Like, and I don't so, think yeah. he, he obviously recognized my name because he's yeah. been talked to and uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I wanted to go in there, but then I, he told me that I, he would write to me and say, I have to send him my address and I didn't because oh. I have to get on my, I have to give my license when I show up there to be right. on his list. So oh. that, but I, then I, I guess you can find anybody's address on the, on the internet. So I didn't want to give out that information, but I guess anybody could find it. And then I gave him my phone number and then he started calling me. And oh. so I had some conversations with him. And oh my gosh. I mean, it's bizarre. He sound he was nice i mean i guess they can be sociopaths or whatever but he just talked to me about i mean the police would tell me everything about him but he told me about his family and his daughter and that he had a brother and the police didn't even know he had a brother like here they are wow yeah telling me that he's a suspect but he doesn't have a brother that they didn't even know he had a brother they'd never interviewed him so what did you think of him you thought he was nice well he was well i mean i have to say that i mean he was yeah like seemed nice to, to you. you on the phone and i and i i, I was very very nervous because I, I i was like i don't know if this person if he did it or not yeah, but i'm just really scary answers yeah. and so i finally asked him i said do you know my sister and joe and i said jody lacornu and and he said i can't off the top of my head recall like it was like a really weird roundabout way of answering and um, mm-hmm. if I know her, and when I was writing him, I'd opened a PO box because I didn't want Good. To, to have you know to put yeah. my address on there. And then my husband found out that I was communicating with him, mm-hmm. and he went, really yeah, crazy. yeah, got upset, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I kind of stopped like it all, but I when I found out about his brother, I went to find his brother. And it was like an hour from my town. And I went to show up. He worked at a um, this bar place. He's a cook. And I uh, I went there. And he I, I had taken my daughter to a birthday party. It was just ironic that it was in this town. There was like this jump, you know, huh. those jump zones. Yeah. And I, I, it was like a two-hour thing. And I told the mom, I'm like, I got to go grocery shopping. I'm like going to go find a killer's yeah, brother. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, so I just ran, I ran. I went to find him, and he wasn't there. And so I left him a note and I just said, I left, you know, the reward poster. And I just said, do you know anything about my sister? You know, um, I just left the information there. I didn't leave my phone. I don't think I left my phone number. I I can't remember if I did or not, but I ended up going back there. So there was nothing that, well, then I heard no more communication from the brother. So anybody. So then I just recently went back to find the brother Oh. And he came out, he was there. Wow. And I was very nervous. I mean, I'm not like, don't get me wrong. I'm like very mm-hmm. nervous, like doing all this stuff. Yeah. I and he so. came out and he 
he actually came out and hugged me. Wow. Yeah. And he was hmm. like, I, well, I said, do you know who I am? And he said, no. And he's looking at me and I, and I told him who I was. And then he's, then he gave me a hug and he said, I don't know. He said, I'm so sorry about your sister. I don't know anything. I don't know anything about, you know, just saying he hmm. didn't know. I don't know. God, I don't, that I don't just know. must be but, so crazy for you to go through that. And oh, like, yeah. And, and then there's another, the other person that I reached out to um, on Facebook, like apparently just got out of prison. And I know. And then I'm like, God, what am I doing? Like, I'm just so you, you messaged him recently. I saw yes, that. So yes. did he respond to you? He did. So I woke up the other morning and, and my phone's going crazy with all these, like, it was just, you know, when you wake up, you're kind of just yeah. not fully. Full, yeah. yeah. And I, all of a sudden I'm like, <gasps> like I'm seeing these messages because yeah. it, it was like, it'd been like a week before I got a response. Wow. And just angry, angry, angry. Like, oh, I don't know who you think I am. Da, 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 and just, and then it like calmed down. And I was like, I'm just trying to get information. I'm trying to reach out to people. I said, can he gave me his phone number. I said, can I talk to you? And I said, I just, just trying to get information from anybody. I've been reaching out to anybody. And he was just very upset. I don't know your sister. I don't know who told you this, but they should be like, it was just very like kind of violent. Like, yeah, I can't think of the exact abrasive and just, yeah. yeah, Aggressive. Yeah. So I was really nervous. So I ended up again. So I'm at work and I'm like, God, I just like, I got to get a break. So I have my other, I have this track phone. (laughs) So it was like, I'm going to, I got to call him today. Cause, and then I called him and he he said he would talk to me and he wouldn't answer. And I left him a message and told him to call me and he wouldn't talk to me. He didn't call me back. So I don't know. And then I'm like, what am I doing? Like, this is crazy. Like, who does this It could be dangerous. I mean, I know. I definitely worry about you. I know. And that's why I'm like, I've got to stop. Like I get this, this, this. I understand like it, wanting to keep going though. I know. Like, I do get it. But it's like I'm desperate and it's like mm-hmm. and then I'm like, God damn you, please. Like well, like mm-hmm. I should, they should have be, to doing be doing this. this. Like this Absolutely is crazy not. that I that I'm putting myself in the, these situations. I mean, I've put myself mm-hmm. in a lot of I've gone up to Baltimore and met other people. I mean, it's just it's crazy. You know, here I am afraid to fly on a plane and I'm yeah. like going yeah. out doing, and talking yeah. to these crazy people, you know. You're doing detective work. Mm-hmm. You're investigating it's, it yourself. It's maddening. Yeah. It's yeah. maddening. Jenny and, even and had to make well, her own tip line because yeah, the police get, weren't, mm-hmm. she didn't feel like they were following up no, completely. No. So they're just I mean, sitting this, on this. Thing. Yeah. I mean, they, they told me her case was in a closet years ago. And that's it's when so I terrible. Why would you say that to oh, someone? Yeah. I mean, they told me. They've so, been the, mean to you. Oh my God. They've been horrible. Straight up mean. Yeah. One of the suspects, um, so the the first one that I was talking about, so I said to the detective, I said, you know, when are you going to, because he would say for years, I mean, for years, I have messages of stuff. He would tell me he's, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. And I mean, anytime I would call, like he's on vacation. I'm like, how much vacation do these cops get? Not and, that much. And, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. I was like, yeah. he's never there. And so he looked at me with his two bosses. There was like a couple of people there. And he's like, I said, when are you going to go talk to him? This was one of our meetings. She's like, "Oh, well, there's a there's a great crab cake and chicken restaurant down there by by the prison. I I, I want to try the chicken or whatever. So I'll go down there and talk to him, like about somebody oh that my possibly. Gosh. Yeah, this is like how they would talk to me. That's terrible. And then he was telling, like, in the messages he would in like messages early on when I would message him and ask him about mm-hmm. this person at the bar. I'd say, "Do you think there was something going on with Jody and this person?" Mm-hmm. And he'd say, "Well, he'd have you both." Like he would say these really weird what the hell yeah, yeah. and then yeah. yeah yeah or like um you're you know i said well when i reached out to him this person he would tell me this he's like 
well, you're a beautiful woman. He t- he's a sleaze. He'd tell you anything. Like he was just oh very weird gosh. about his messages. That's like, honestly, I would, that's, that's freaky. Unethical. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, then he was telling me about, then he'd be like, how's your relationship? With my husband. And he'd be like, oh my just God. Keep, That's crossing said, the line. Yeah. Just keep him close. He said, there was a time where I was close with a sister of a suspect oh, who killed her parents and I was separated from my wife. So I'm like, you're basically <gasps> telling me you're having an affair. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And you're asking me about my husband. Oh, yeah. My yeah. God. And this is the one where they say this detective is amazing and he's great. And I find out he, then I ask He should him, be removed immediately. Oh my God. Yeah, but he's been on since day one. I've gone to the governor's <gasps> office to remove him. It's they terrible. will not remove him. The three families that I told you reached out to me uh-huh. that have had the same detective, have had the same hell. It, it, it's like there's no getting through. There's no breaking away i mean all i was telling yeah. these families that have reached out to me that have wow. had the same problem with mm-hmm. baltimore county and, and you can't like, request for a new i have yeah. i went to the governor's office and they begging. Won't. everybody looks at me mm-hmm. in my eyes like mm-hmm. the, the county executive every like the governor's office i go to do i went to um i don't even know some of these positions of these other people like i was writing letters i was doing all this stuff i'm like help me help me and, and and they look at me they're like yeah we'll help you and then nobody does anything yeah, yeah. it's just it's, it's like so, they don't even care like, yeah exactly and then it's like the dna testing like right like when i went to the governor's office yeah. they're like i was like i want a new detective mm-hmm. and i met with the homeland security director and he, he said he would help me i said new detective and then um, the MVAC, the, right? The, yeah, the DNA testing, mm-hmm. which was offered for free. They were going to come. They were going to do it. They were going to test it in a private lab, offered it everything. And they told my family it would be the last resort. The They're DNA trying testing. to block things. Oh, so this are. is why Jenny feels that there is some type of possible cover, cover yeah. up in the police department, yeah. that they are hiding something that they are working. It seems like they're stonewalling mm-hmm. her and working mm-hmm. against her. It's just ridiculous, yeah. and it seems pretty obvious, especially with that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, it's it's just. How long has that officer been in the department for? Uh, I don't know, and that's the thing is they told. So then I then they tell me I find out from because I've had other police. I mean I've had yeah other people reach out to me, other sure. police officers, retired police officers, people mm-hmm. that had tried to help mm-hmm. me. She died on the line. The chief of Baltimore City Police wrote me a letter, handwritten letter, saying he wants to help. He stands to assist, you know, to help in Jody's Because case. she died on the yeah. the line for and the county. And they told him to blow off. Yeah. Wow. They to- yeah. Yeah. Totally. The jurisdiction. To- yeah. Well, the city county line. Gotcha. And they, they, they just. So the county doesn't help. want the city involved. involved. Yeah. They're yeah. keeping the case wow. for themselves. Yeah. And it's Why? like nobody can get. For them to just sit to there it. and do nothing. Exactly. I'm, exactly. Cannot it's- even express to you. Like, sorry doesn't even begin to cover it. I am. I just cannot believe this is yeah. happening to you. I can't it's, imagine how frustrated you feel every single day, how angry you must feel. And that's why I blast on social media. Like, yeah, like with the where else do you go? Yeah, they all, you know, these people, they all, you know, want their, their positions and they say, oh, we're for a better Baltimore County. And so I would, because when I went to the governor's office, the Homeland Security Director's like, oh, well, and you should also reach out to the county executive. So mm-hmm. I write letters. I email. Yeah. No response. Finally, I, and then I get impulsive. I get on Twitter, and I said, hey, Johnny O. Do you Good. Want, I said, do you want a billboard? That's how you do it. Minutes later. Yeah. Oh, do you need my help? You know, like, yeah. responds back to me. Mm-hmm. And I, he's like, just email my office. And I'm like, I already emailed your office. Like, it's just these people are so messed up. Yeah. Well, and it's, I think it's, there's so many different facets to the problem and one of it being that there's so many there's so many hands in in the pot now that Mm -hmm. you know 
every, you know, people say they want to help, but then in their, in their minds, you know, they have you in front of them and they don't want to let you down mm -hmm. or make you mm -hmm. feel a certain way. So they just tell you what you want to hear. Right. But in the back of their mind, they know they can't do anything because unfortunately the way that the criminal justice system works right now is that the police at a, even a very low level have so much authority over a case that, you know, they, they can hold it, they can decide to transfer it. Mm -hmm. They can do so many things with it that, you know, well, and it also comes back to like, I assume you've gone to the DA and, and the, the DA district won't do anything. Yeah. So, and that's the other thing too, is that a Nobody's lot of these not, district I mean, attorneys are. You think I was the criminal. Me, yeah. You think I was a criminal. And they told me, so one of these, one of the former police chiefs of Baltimore city, not the one that wrote the letter, another one reached out to Baltimore County with some people that he knew and reached out to the detective's boss. Like, and they mm -hmm. told me that there was going to be a new detective last summer. Even his boss told me. Wow. Like, they lie to me. Like, yeah. I don't even yeah. know what to believe. Like, yeah. I mean, Sarah's still, gotten the same type of situation yeah. with the Phoenix Police Department. We've seen it so many times. They do lie. They tell you what, you know, whatever they need mm -hmm. to, to get mm -hmm. you to be quiet for the time being. They'll change their mind. They'll change their story. Yeah. I mean, they just, they make their own rules. And it's really disappointing that, like I was telling Jenny earlier, it makes me scared just as a citizen mm -hmm. thinking that if someone in my family gets murdered or something happens to me, are they going to even investigate it? Are they going to use all possible resources to find my killer or my my husband's killer or whoever? You know, it's just we should all scouts. be scared of situations like this, whether you're, or not you're personally a victim, because we should expect so much better from our police. Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, definitely. you said earlier the Boy, the Boy Scouts, Scouts probably could have solved yeah, it by now. Because there's, seriously. I mean, when you have this many witnesses, you have this much stuff and things that just well, they just haven't done. It's it's pathetic. Like there's my, no reason. My whole thing too is the fact that they hold the case hostage. Yes, well, that's, that's, that's my, bullshit. That's, that's the yeah. biggest yeah. biggest disservice they could possibly do to you. Yeah. Is can you do like a FOIA pretend? Request? No, because it's it's active and they. Well, that's what you they sued, said. didn't you? Didn't right, you file right, a lawsuit right. against them? And it's in the closet, but it's an open investigation. Right. Like, okay. It's in a drawer somewhere, but, but technically it's, it's, it's in an open oh, so status. What, how long can they get away with that? Right. Like, how, like there's no, there's no accountability. Or, so you like, can't even be like, Hey, I want to bring in my outside team. If I had the no. resources to do that, yeah. I want to bring in my own experts, my own mm -hmm. D they won't even divulge the case information for you. So you still don't have even remotely probably close to the full extensive information that's out there no. about this or only what they tell us mm -hmm. all we know is what they tell us which is like, right, usually at mercy yeah mm -hmm. and people what i say is people that have nothing to, people that have nothing to hide hide nothing right that's right? a great isn't that good I absolutely like, yeah. yeah it's very true so i'm sure many of you are wondering how you can help you know uh join team justice for jody um first of all we have the tip line that jenny yes. has created so these tips will go directly to jenny and you know, she, you can send them on to the yeah. police and everything, mm -hmm. but you get them at right. least. At least I know what's going on. Yes. So that phone number is 410-200-6284, 410-200-6284. And they are also offering a $100,000 reward, mm -hmm. which is really big. So as well as you were doing billboards, yes. which yes. has that been helpful? Helpful and getting information out and people calling. I mean, some of my latest tips have been from the bill, you know, yeah. seeing the billboards mm -hmm. and just getting her, sharing her, getting her story more right. out Exposure. there. I mean, I just feel like mm -hmm. eventually it's bound, something's bound something, to, yeah. to come I mean, forward. Definitely and, yeah. keeping pressure on them. I mean, my latest one is directly at the Baltimore police, Baltimore mm -hmm. County police, 
So, I, I mean, I, I think that I just does put on the of, pressure. Yeah. Like, it's like right. in your face on mm-hmm. one of the yeah. main, like, Because it's one thing to do, you know, a YouTube video like this, and our audience is all over the world. Mm-hmm. But it's another thing to have this big sign right, right there, right at home, right in their corner to remind, remind them, them that they haven't solved, solved this. It. And keep it in, in the county's Check. eye, the keep people's the eye. eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. So, we will be making a donation to Jody's GoFundMe. Uh, we encourage you guys to do the same. We will link it below as well as her Twitter and all the other information that you will need if you want to, you know, follow her fight for justice yeah, here. Journey. It's it's share yeah. and share it. <laughs> yes, yeah. please share, share, share please share, share this podcast or um, she's been on Crime Junkie. You were on um, Dr. Oz. There's plenty of things that media that Jenny has done that you can share or just share a photo of Jody and share her story. That always helps as well. Absolutely. Um, I think people don't realize what a difference that you can make just on your own social media, even if you're not, you don't have a platform and stuff. I mean, that stuff really does help mm-hmm. and just support for the family. I think, you know, yeah. don't you feel oh, like having support huge. has really oh, helped you? God. So much. Good. I mean, people, I had a girl right to me from India. I wow. was at a really low point. And I mean, she just said, was talking about how she was so inspired by me. I mean, I literally had just woken up one morning and I was like, I, it's just so much happening. You know, I've told you about the struggles with my marriage and just so yeah. much going on with it's impacted your life. Hugely. And just so much and my own personal mm-hmm. struggles. And I just, and battling with the police and I was just really feeling horrible. And, and I get this, letter from her and I was like it was just the most beautiful thing like how I mean it was like um on Instagram it was I think yeah, it was like Instagram. a DM yeah yeah, yeah. and it, it just it's so sweet t- uh, yeah and, and I like, think that means so much oh and people don't realize God. how much oh that gosh. little gesture can help so I always much. encourage people to follow reach, reach out, out to the victims families because they need that support Definitely. more than ever you know oh my gosh because feeling like you're not you alone feel, yeah absolutely yeah that was yeah so uh, it's it was huge yeah well, well, you're amazing. To- We're oh, just so honored are. to have you on I'm our show. You guys. Thank you. I love you guys. So, we love yes. you too. Yes. It was great <laughs> to you. have you. I think this Thank episode you. was definitely let us know what you guys think in the comments. We want to hear theories. Opinions. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And definitely check out those links that we've got down there for sure. Yes. Oh, that's great. Oh, but yeah, thank you, thank you again. Yeah, this is awesome. It was an absolute yeah, pleasure. I love it. Of I love course. it here. Yeah. Awesome. You're welcome. <laughs> Anytime. Yes. But we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What's that? I said, hopefully we have an update one day. Yes, yeah, definitely. exactly. That's yeah. the plan. That's Fingers the plan. crossed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we'll go ahead and wrap it up there today, guys. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Mile Higher Podcast. But until next time, stay safe. And stay woke.